This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Evan McMullen, welcome to the program from EvanMcMullen.com. Great to be with you, Glenn. So, Evan, tell me, oh, geez, why do we have this uh, echo? Um, Evan, help me out on, um, uh, let's start with the the resume, and let's start at the beginning with the CIA. Tell me uh, how you differ from the policies that I think have caused the world that we're living in, all of these foreign entanglements and getting involved with everybody's business. Yeah, well, well let me first of, first of all say, Glenn, that, uh, happy to be back with you. I, I do want to just to point out just one thing that, look, I served in the agency for 11 years, and I served with some of the most patriotic, courageous people in this, uh, in this country and on the face of the earth. These are people who serve uh, courageously, who take on enormous risks, uh, even though they don't do it for fame or fortune, though most of them will never be known to the world. Um, but I learned how special in part this country was by serving with them. So I, ju- I just want to make that clear and make sure that as we have this conversation, we, we pay due respect. I, 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 yeah, or, I, look, I, I know people, I mean, I've hired one. Buck Sexton is an honorable, great, honorable yeah. man. Yeah. But I, I, I want to separate the people from the policies. Right. And so, so what I'm worried about is the policies. What are the policies that you have that separate yourself from you know, a big global, we're going to rule the world and spy on everybody kind of guy. Okay, well, let me address that. So first of all, look, we tend to swing back and forth between two extremes in this country when it comes to foreign policy. Either we go too far, and as we did, I believe, in Iraq. I served in Iraq. I'm proud of my service there, and many others did, and I'm proud of their service too. But I think it was a mistake, a leadership mistake, to invade and occupy Iraq. Now, that's one extreme. The other extreme is what President Obama does, which is to totally withdraw U.S. leadership from the world. And what I say is that both costs a lot of blood and or treasure for us in the end. So what I'm advocating for is a, what I think is a middle ground, which is I do believe the United States needs to lead in the world, but we must do it in a smarter way that doesn't cost so much blood and treasure. And let me tell you what I mean by that. In August of 2013, the Iraqis came to us and said, hey, you guys pulled out. Now we got ISIS camped in the desert near Syria. Lots of them, lots of equipment, lots of personnel, weapons, all of that. They're camped out there. Will you help us destroy them right now before they launch an attack on our country and create havoc in the Middle East? The Obama administration took a pass. And as a result of that, we now have the largest terrorist army in the world now threatening the world and the largest humanitarian disaster since World War II that's now costing us billions and billions of dollars. We could have struck those camps, destroyed most of them with minimal, if any, civilian casualties, and we didn't do it because we didn't have a president who was willing to lead. So I I agree with that, Evan. Help me out on – my problem is is we believe that we can go in and – um, uh, regime change. We can, we believe we can go in and plant democracy. 
that doesn't work in some countries. And it's arrogant of us to think that, you know, my, my feeling is after September 11th, we should have gone in, got the bad guys, decimated the people who touched us and say, don't do that again. And then gone home, not try to bring our values because they don't necessarily want them or understand them. And it's like a missionary coming to your door and saying, you're going to have a better life and and we're going to force you to do it. No, when I'm ready and I discover them, that's when you call the missionary and say, hey, come on over. I need to talk to you. Well, I largely agree with that, Glenn. I mean, look, I think we do need to stand for liberty, and and that includes democracy in this world. Um, But it's not the sort of thing, as you point out, that we can force upon people. I think all people deserve liberty and freedom, um, but they have to they have to find it and want it themselves. So my view is that we need to be a a strong a place where liberty thrives here in America, and we need to always make it clear where we stand around the world uh, by simply saying what we stand for, uh, and then doing things too. But but we can't. You're right. We can't force it on people. What we can do, however, is when people seek, when people reach for freedom and liberty, I believe that we do need to be there to appropriately support that. And for that, instance, that, let, me, let me give you for instance and tell me what you think of this. Sure. I think the biggest missed opportunity we have had since the Berlin Wall was not standing up and at least verbally supporting the people in Iran. Oh, absolutely, Glenn. There's no doubt about it. That's what I'm talking about. Those people stood up and said, we want liberty. Glenn, they're humans like us. You know, they, as Thomas Jefferson said, the human mind was created free. And so anything that violates that truth is just that, is just that it's a violation of truth and of of natural order. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean we go in. No, like Reagan, Reagan, there's a million things we could do to support them. That's right. And we did none of them. That's right. And so a lot of people think these days either, okay, when they hear, you know, America must lead in the world, they think, oh, we're going to, that means we're going to invade, we're going to do regime change, all of that. That's not, we need to break that up a little bit. We can lead without doing those things. We, in fact, we must lead, but we also must not overstep and, and do, so, for example, what we did in Iraq. Uh, what we're doing in Syria right now, we are only into regime change. We're destabilizing. We've already destabilized the whole Middle East. It's becoming uh, just a black hole of problems. Uh, Russia, on the other hand, uh, they have made friends with all the worst actors. Um, We're having a proxy war. We're saying we're fighting ISIS. We're not. Um, It's a proxy war that's going on right now. We want to flip Assad out. He's now been flipped to the Russian side. President Obama today is supposed to decide, I can guess which way we're going because it's on a Friday. Um, He's supposed to decide today whether or not we're going to aid in this humanitarian um, uh, effort and actually uh, go to war in Syria, really go to war in Syria. Russia is saying, don't you dare do it. This is the beginning or possibly a beginning uh, of a hot war uh, and, and what could turn into a world war. Agree or disagree? And what would you do as president? Well, look, I, I think Vladimir Putin wants us to believe that it could turn into a world war. Look, the, the reality is is that the Russian military is a fraction of its uh, you know, power size, its power 
uh, it, you know, as it had in the Soviet era. They they are not able to project force. They're in Syria, but just you know, that's the most they can do. That's the most they can project. They can project across their border, but they they just are uh, just a, a fraction of what they were. Uh, the U.S. military is far more powerful than that of Russia. We've both got nukes. Neither side wants to fight each other. That's the truth. Um, but if we asserted ourselves, wherever we assert ourselves, especially the further away you get from Russia, uh, the, the, the more the Russians just can't stand up to us. And they know that. The, the difference is, is that Vladimir Putin is real, willing to talk, talk a tough game, and President Barack Obama is not willing to use real American power. And I don't mean that we have to engage you know, full-on, in a full-on military uh, intervention. That's not what I'm talking about. But yeah, I'm talking about things like, you know, when Iran captures our, our sailors, you know, who are, uh, you know, right. mistakenly in the wrong place, and Iran right. captures them and humiliates them. Look, President Obama could have, could have done more there. He could have stepped up and, and let Iran know that, that we weren't going to tolerate this. Instead, he gave them a bonus. And, and that's just, that's what I'm talking about. The, the world does not respect our leadership anymore because we have a president who's, who believes that we're not a force for good. We're a force for evil. Uh, I think he believes that, or we have been, and so he's going to pull us, pull our leadership from the world. But look at what has happened since he's done that. We've, it's, there's been an unprecedented growth in terrorism. Tyrants around the world have felt more empowered, and they, they are you know, invading other countries and slaughtering innocent civilians. This is, if we ever wondered what would happen if the United States pulled its leadership entirely from the world, now we know. It's no, there's no mystery. And so we've got to find a middle ground that is just not an extreme. We just tend to go to extremes too much. We need the middle ground. Evan and Stu, you, uh, we talked to you on Pat and Stu uh, a week or two ago yeah. and talked about uh, briefly Aleppo. And you mentioned you'd actually been there. Yeah. What, 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 what did you learn while you were there? And what do you do about this situation that's obviously out of control? Well, the, the number one thing I learned there is that... Well, wait, please say, what's Aleppo? Just... <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't. I'm kidding. Aleppo, <laughs> Go ahead. Aleppo. <laughs> Aleppo was a beautiful city. Let me just tell you that. It was a, you know, built largely by the French. I mean, it was just a beautiful city, and unfortunately, no more. But... But look, you know, it's it's a it's a, an awful situation there, and uh, and and what we've got to do is, I believe, is we need to make sure that uh, that Bashar al-Assad knows that he cannot continue to slaughter innocent civilians, and I don't think that means a, an invasion of Syria. We don't need to do that, but as long as he continues to slaughter innocent civilians, what what happens is he creates an environment where terrorists thrive, and that means they have a place to to plan and plot attacks against us. And it creates these massive refugee flows that end up creating all kinds of instability. I mean, it's terrible for the refugees themselves. Let's not lose sight of their pain and suffering. But it also creates all kinds of instability in, in Europe and even in the United States. I mean, when we turn our back on, on the advancement of evil overseas like we have with ISIS and Bashar al-Assad, our civil liberties come under threat here in the United States. So what am I talking about? Glenn, you mentioned earlier, you know, wiretaps and things like that. This is exactly what happens. When we allow terrorists to thrive overseas, what happens is that our government gets a little bit out of control, and we start collecting bulk metadata on everyone. 
And so that's why, that's one of the reasons that we need to defeat evil abroad, like, you know, a massive terrorist army like ISIS, is to protect our civil liberties here at home. And that's not the only case. Our, our, our Second Amendment rights have come under threat as a result of terrorist attacks. You have the Democrats wanting to take law-abiding gun owners' weapons away because of terrorist attacks. Again, a violation of our civil, li- civil liberties. Another one is, uh, you know, religious tests for, you know, uh, you know who can enter the country. That's, uh, I believe, a violation of what we stand for. You know, I don't believe that we have a Muslim problem. We have an Islamist terrorist problem, and we need to be smart enough to differentiate between the two, because actually you know, our Muslim allies are needed uh, in our effort to destroy Islamist terrorists. That's just a fact. It might be the Overton window, but you are the only candidate I am hearing that it doesn't sound crazy. Um, and uh, it's re- it's refreshing to hear somebody and have a normal conversation with him about politics. He's going to be on the ballot in probably about 45 states. By the time you get uh, in, the the ballots are already going in, in in many states. So you may have missed that. But uh, 45 states uh, by the uh, by Election Day, he'll be on the ballot. And uh, we appreciate you having the guts to come back on and, and talk to us because I was listening to you yesterday and, and a lot of things sounded really good. Yeah. Um, it sounded really good. And you're, I, I just like the way you handle yourself. Um, you. The things on your resume, I understand, like, for instance, Goldman Sachs, that does not make you an evil, you know, a part of the evil cabal. But that's what some people will say. Once you're touched by Goldman Sachs, you are for the bank bailouts. You're for all of that stuff. Tell me about the bank bailouts. Tell me what you think is coming economically. And if, like, say, Deutsche Bank uh, falls, does that cascade? And how do you feel about bail-ins? Well, well, let me just say, there are a couple of things I'd like to say here. First of all, just on a policy level, how I think about bank bailouts and, you know, the Fed's involvement in all of this. And then I, I feel the need to address something about myself here and that. But first of all, on the policy, uh, look, the, the Fed's role is to provide system-wide liquidity. That's, you know, that's, that's real monetary policy. I'm opposed to, uh, finance, to the bailout of financial institutions, specific institutions, by the Fed. That's not what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to be a lender of last resort, meaning, uh, meaning uh, as a provider of liquidity to the overall market. Okay? So what, what I favor is, is a, a ban on Fed bailouts of specific uh, financial institutions. If the federal government wants to bail out any kind of individual firm or organization, then okay, it can do that, but it needs to be done that it needs to be done by Congress, by the people's representatives, and I think it, that would be highly unlikely if the people's representatives were voting on that. But it needs to be a fiscal decision, not a monetary decision. So I oppose that. I saw the HSBC uh, warning, and I, I've actually been telling people for several months now that, hey, the stock market isn't going to continue to climb, that I'm expecting some sort of downturn. Um, look, I hope it doesn't. I want us to climb, climb, climb and in the future. I think the future is bright. But there are, you know, it's part of the economic cycle. It's just what happens. Uh, but, but I think that if, if there is some sort of steep decline and if there is a crisis, uh, we still need to uh, take the approach that I've just described, and that is okay, that so we should not be bailing out individual firms. All right. So, uh, but you, do you believe a bailout of a private institution would be constitutional? 
Uh, no, not particularly, and I, I wouldn't support it either. But I, okay. I'm just saying that the people's representatives need Got to it. Okay. make these decisions, not the bureaucrats who are unaccountable at the Fed. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and, and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.